Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you create the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Glory be to God on high. For our redemption you gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of the enemy. Grant that all our sin may be drowned through daily repentance, and that day by day we may arise to live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the festival of the resurrection of our Lord is recorded in the prophet Job, chapter 19. Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 16th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb and the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man, clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, 
Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Hallelujah, Christ is risen. When I awake, I am still with thee. Thou hast searched me and known me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Do not be afraid. The words of this morning's intro it. Confess that we are not alone. The Lord is with us. Nothing passes his notice. He knows everything about you. Everything. More than you know about yourself. He knows all your fears. He knows all your sorrows, all your struggles, and all our sins. He looks upon us in omniscient, all-knowing love to save us. Is it not a testimony to the amazing nature of God's love for us that he who knows all things about us still gives his son into the death of the cross to save us. This is amazing. It is astonishing. It is hard to believe. It is impossible to believe. It leaves us awestruck. But it is true. It is this truth that takes away all fear. The God who knows all things about us still gave his son to save us. And the Savior who endured the pangs of hell by dying the most horrible death of crucifixion for us is risen from the dead never to die again. I can't believe it, but it is true. Mark's account of the resurrection of our Lord is the briefest account and testimonies in all the gospel accounts. It moves swiftly from the women journeying to the grave with the spices to anoint the body of Jesus to the announcement, he is risen by the young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side of the stone table where they had laid Jesus' body. The women were shocked. That is the best way to define the word that Mark uses. Shocking terror and amazement that was mingled with unbelief and fear. How can this be? Alarmed, as it is translated, doesn't begin to capture the swirl of emotions that those women were experiencing when they came to the tomb. They knew he had died. They took his body down from the cross. They laid him in that tomb with the help of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. What has happened? I can't believe this. There is no body. What are we seeing? But the young man said to them, Do not be alarmed, afraid, astonished, shocked. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. 
the young man who spoke to them was an angel, a messenger. There were lots of angels at Jesus' resurrection, but Mark's account, he testifies to a single angel. And there's a reason. He wants us to understand the rapier laser focus of the gospel message. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he is risen from the dead according to the scriptures, just as he said. He is risen from the dead to declare us righteous. We are justified. Our sin is forgiven. By his forgiveness, we are reconciled to God. Do not be afraid, alarmed, amazed, or shocked. All of this has happened just as he said, according to the word. Faith knows no other consolation but the word. The young man immediately commanded the women, but go and tell his disciples and Peter. Peter, the one who denied me on oath, tell him that Jesus is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him again, as he said to you. Let's talk about the disciples' fear. Perhaps your fears are similar to the disciples' fears. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, they ran away, fearing for their lives. Peter thought he was going to die, so he denied his Lord in fear. They were locked behind closed doors for fear of the Jews. When they saw Jesus tortured and nailed to the cross, they thought his message was a lie, and their lives would end in hopeless despair without a future, and they were afraid. We were all wrong. Everything we believed was a lie. They feared suffering martyrdom and death, but the worst fear of all is that if Jesus were not the Son of God and their Savior, then they were still in their sins and they had no comfort for the failings and shortcomings of their own lives. Life would be meaningless and without purpose and I'm left in sin and darkness and death. Now, our hindsight makes it easy to see that they had nothing to fear. Even Job, in the Old Testament reading today, from a distance, oh man, he lost his family, his property, his honor, his wealth, his flocks and herds. But we know the rest of the story. He gets it all back again. We know why Jesus was arrested. We know. We know why he died. We know. His death atoned for the sins of the world and reconciled us to God the Father. We know that. His death was not a tragedy. We know that. It was the glorious victory over sin, death, and the power of the evil one. We know that. The gospel is not a lie, as the disciples had feared when they saw him crucified and nailed to the cross. It was the truth, and that suffering and death was at the heart of that truth. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he rose from the dead never to die again according to the scriptures, so that all who believe in him have the gift of salvation. And on the last day, we shall rise from the dead 
never to die again, and this mortal flesh will put on immortality, and this corruptible flesh will put on incorruption. We know that. Everything is so ordered in life of a Christian to bring us into this glorious victory. When I awake, I am still with you. You have searched me and known me. In Christ Jesus, my Savior, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. If this is all true, and it is, then what do you have to fear? What do you have to fear? Some of our fears are founded in reality. Some of them are misplaced. We're dead wrong. I'm not here to debate with you which fears in your life or in the world today are real or which fears are imaginary. In a very real sense, it doesn't matter. Sermons are about eternal truths. They are about God's word that cannot be debated. Even though many enemies speak against it and the world thinks that the message of the cross is foolishness, but they are perishing. It is not foolishness to us. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For us as Christians, it is God's word that gives us hope and comfort because it takes away our fears by anchoring our lives and our future in Christ, the Son of God, Creator and Savior, who is risen from the dead. Whether our fears are real or imaginary, whether they are founded upon fact or fiction, the gospel declares to us that Jesus lives. That makes all the difference. I know that my Redeemer lives, Job confessed, even as my own body is destroyed in the grave. I know that my Redeemer lives, and this is a confession of Christian optimism and hope. No matter what happens in this world of darkness and unbelief and fear, Jesus lives, and that makes all the difference. Do not be afraid. Do not be alarmed. Astonished, shocked. Do not be astonished at the things you are experiencing. St. Peter says, as though some strange trial were coming upon you. Jesus has conquered death and the grave by his death upon the cross. And he says to you, you belong to me. You belong to me. That makes all the difference. You belong to me on the last day after your earthly pilgrimage is complete and I will decide when it is complete. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and you shall be changed. Do not be afraid. The Christian faith, our hope, our comfort, our future, our optimism must rest upon the scriptures and Jesus' words to us because nothing else and take away fear, strengthen faith, or give us hope, nothing else. Shocking terror and amazement mingled with unbelief and fear, that's what the women had when they came to the tomb. It's also what they continue to struggle with. Yes, they continue to struggle with it, even after the angel announced Jesus' resurrection to them. 
This is wonderfully comforting in St. Mark's account. It's wonderfully comforting for us who are so often just like these women. So again and again, our preachers have to say to us what the angels said to them. Go and tell his disciples and Peter and George and Sue and Chuck and Jan and Kathy and Brian and Jonathan and Samantha that he is risen. Just as he said, your sins are forgiven. He knows you're lying down and you're rising up. Do not be afraid. As long as we are in this world of fear and struggle with our own doubts, we will need that word more than anything else. And the women went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Isn't that fantastic? The swirl of emotions. My goodness. I know the that the gospel is amazing. And the gospel is hard to believe, but it's the truth. Let us not keep it to ourselves. Let the world know that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he has risen from the dead with the gift of salvation for all who believe in him. Let's just tell that to someone today or tomorrow or in the workplace. Those who are trembling with fear. Christ is risen. He lives. He's taken away your sins. That there is nothing to be afraid of. That Jesus has conquered death. We have the promise of the resurrection from the dead. This mortal body will put on immortality. This corruptible flesh will put on incorruption. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That is shocking. Amazing. But it is true. And what sweet comfort it is. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We sing hymn 457.
Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, on this glorious day, fill your people with a holy fear at the resurrection of your Son, that we would tremble no longer before the grave, but rejoice and live in the truth of your power to save. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Be with Matthew, our synodical president, John, our district president, and all our pastors. Keep them faithful to deliver to your people the apostolic gospel of your son's death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Hold us fast to the word preached to us, that receiving it with joy, we may take our stand in it and be saved by it. Bless Chase, Nora, Jacqueline, Karen, Verla, Paul, Rachel, and Sarah, celebrating baptismal birthdays. Hinder all who would sow doubt into our hearts and grant us courage to confess the truth in our life and conversation. Lord, in your mercy. Bless Joseph, our president, and all who make and administer our laws. Frustrate the forces of evil and do not let our leaders operate with them or further their goals. Guard our armed forces as they stand watch for us at home and abroad. Let them serve with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Have mercy on the sick and those in any need, especially Gabby Hartwig hospitalized with cancer at Children's Hospital. Reverend Timothy Kinney, beginning treatment for multiple myeloma, Erwin Cabrera for bladder cancer, and all those for whom we have been praying, Tom, Dwayne, Tom, Jim, Brian, Jill, Allison, and Roger, all suffering with cancer and undergoing various stages of treatment. Be with Carol Bender recovering from a fall, John Bruss from shoulder replacement surgery, Kurt Runau from an infection and blood clots after heart bypass surgery, Deacon Gatchel recovering from sinus surgery, and Jeremy LaFour and his family as he battles ALS. Let the dawning light of the new creation in Christ sustain them in faith. In accord with your will, grant them renewed health, a foretaste of their eternal healing in him. Lord, in your mercy. Give us joy in your son's great victory feast as he shares it with us from this altar in the eating of his true body and the drinking of his precious blood in faith. Overcome our sin by his forgiveness and swallow up our death in his life that we may be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort those who mourn with the truth of Christ's empty tomb that in the midst of their grief, they may abide in the hope of the resurrection. Uphold them in faith as they await the day when you will wipe every tear from all faces. Lord, in your mercy. We join today in singing eternal alleluias with innumerable angels in festal gathering, with the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, and with the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we bring these petitions before you, dear Father, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 
the Lord be with you. Unto the Lord our God. It is meet and right so It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. And most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, to life everlasting. Depart in peace.
blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you, body and soul, in the true faith, unto life everlasting. Depart in peace.
thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with Bless we the Lord. Bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>